Howdy folks, Cowboy Bob here. I'm broadcasting to you from the southwest part of Oregon, 26 miles down from Crater Lake. I gotta tell you, if you ever get a chance to go to Crater Lake, you really need to do it. It's really remarkable. You know, people come in from all over the world. But before I sit here and just talk about Crater Lake all the time, I want to talk, tell you a little bit about about me and what this state, what this program is going to be about. Basically, I've been riding horses most of my life, and anybody that's done a lot of horse riding has a lot of funny stories. Now, I'm the kind of guy I like to be a storyteller. I'm not really interested in putting out a how-to train or how to do this or do that. Uh, I've trained, I was a trainer for a long time. I've trained a lot of different horses. I've trained program for underneath pretty good sized programs, trained their horses. But that's not what this is all about. What this is going to be about is laughter. You know, you just can't have enough of that in your life. <clears throat> I love to laugh. And that's what I'm hoping to do is tell you some funny stories and some entertainment about horses. Nothing more, nothing less. But hopefully, we'll all have a lot of fun. Now, eventually, I'm going to include my wife in on this, Corey. She's a ball of fun, too. The two of us together create lots of laughter and lots of fun. So first of all, let's talk about, now, how did I ever get into this? Well, that's a tough one. You know, I uh, I got to where I didn't like living in town, so I... I was living in Dallas, Texas at the time, and it just didn't seem like being in town was much fun to me. So I started looking around. Pretty soon I came up with a place out in an area called Red Oak, Texas. That's about, I don't even remember anymore. It's been so long. I hate to admit that, but I'll bet it's 30, 35 miles from, uh, from Dallas, from downtown Dallas. And there was a little 30, I was on 35 acres with a nice little house, a small barn, and some big pastures, and three or four hundred pecan trees. It was beautiful. Set back off the road, maybe, I don't know. You know, time's funny on your memory with stuff like this. But I'd say it was a good quarter mile, and the road was pretty windy. You could not see my house or the front pasture from the road as you drove by. Yeah, we're running exactly a highway either. So after I got to moving in there and enjoying, my, enjoying it uh, with a girlfriend, then I thought, you know, I need a horse. Never owned one, but it seemed like the perfect time to get one. So, I, you know, this is before Craigslist, before the Internet, and all these other ways that we go to look for things. So I'm going, well, I'm going to look in the newspaper. So I get a copy of the Dallas Morning News, and I'm looking through there, and lo and behold, there are several horses listed for sale. And one of them has really already caught my attention. It's a Palomino. Now, some of you people... Maybe don't know who Roy Rogers were, was, but I did. I watched Roy Rogers 
about every weekend he was on when I was a kid, much to my father's dismay. <laughs> he did not ever really encourage this horse thing that I have. Um, he wanted me to be a lawyer or a, or a phar- pharmacist. He thought that would be a great job. Just wasn't in the cards for me. <laughs> so anyhow, I call a guy and I talk to him about it. And I said, well, now what can you tell me about this horse? He says, well... He's a Palomino, and his, he was about five or six years old at the time. His name is King James, and he's a beautiful horse. I said, well, if you don't mind me asking, how come you're selling him? Well, he said, you know, I'm new to Texas. I moved here from Pennsylvania. And I thought when I moved down here, that would be really important for me to get a horse. I'm in Texas. Texans ride horses, right? I said, well, yeah, there are those that do that. So why are you wanting to sell them? Well, I've had some behavior problems with a horse, and uh, but I, he's sound and there's nothing wrong with him. So I said, well, how about if I come out this evening and take a look at him? Yeah, I said, that'll be great. So he gave me directions. I don't remember where it was now, but it was a pretty fair drive. And I get there. And sure enough, out there in the barns, a beautiful Palomino. I mean, this was a gorgeous horse. Beautiful. Even by today, from, and I was really naive and young then, and I thought he was beautiful. And now I'm more experienced. I know something about him. And he was still, he'd still be beautiful today. He was a gorgeous horse. I guess I should call him a handsome horse instead of beautiful, huh? So I asked him, I said, now, why are you wanting to sell him? He said, well, you know, I, I, I came down here and I was going to learn how to ride. And then I, just, I thought I'd get a horse and then I'd learn how to ride with that horse that I got. And we'd become fast friends. Well, that sounded like a reasonable idea. Although personally, I'd probably learn how to ride before I got a horse. But that's a personal thing. <clears throat> I don't like getting thrown. So, <laughs> anyhow, he, we go out and I look at the horse. Really a nice looking horse. And the horse came over and I, I spent some time with him, rubbing on him, checking him out. I couldn't find anything wrong with his hooves like I would know. I was green as can green can be, but I wanted to act like I knew something about it because I didn't want to get hoodwinked on, my, on the first horse I ever bought on my own. So I'm looking him over, and I can't find anything wrong with him. He was looking fine to me. Like I say, he could have had lots of things wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I was so green. It's just, it just, I laugh now. So, you know, sometimes the good Lord helps those fools, you know, that don't know much. <laughs> kind of looks over you. I guess he was looking down that day going, you know, I better help this guy. He could use it. So anyhow... I look at the horse, the horse is magnificent, just gorgeous looking, beautiful horse. So I was so new about it, I didn't realize, man, the first thing you need to do, you need to put a saddle on that horse, and you need to take the horse for a ride, right? Did I do that? Oh, no, that never crossed my mind. This man would never lie, would he? He was a very nice man, and he didn't outright lie to me, but... 
since then, I've bought and sold a lot of horses. And let me promise you, other than used car salesmen, uh, horse is probably the last thing that you want to take somebody's word from. Because <laughs> there can be a big difference in what you think is is a well-mannered horse and what he's telling you the horse is. But anyway, I'm sitting here and I'm talking and to him and I like this horse. I like this horse a lot. So I said, all right, let's cut to the chase here. How much money do you want for this horse? He's talking, thinking for a little while and he said, well, I'm not sure. And I said, well, why are you selling him? Well, he's hard to ride. And he said, I, I, I went and got a, got, had a guy training for about 30 days. And he told me that he had him resolved and that I would be happy. So I went over and got him and I brought him back to my place, took him to my place. And I put on some tack and I got on him. And he still wasn't very nice to me. <laughs> Not very nice at all. So, but I decided I was going to try and ride him. I got out in the pasture and I kicked him and he went from one fence to the other fence. And he was headed to that fence about as fast as he could. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, I'd like to jump off, but I'm going too fast. If I fall off like at this speed, I'm going to get hurt. The only thing I knew to do was to hold on and hope for the best. And then he got closer and closer to this barbed wire fence. And now, now I'm starting to get nervous. This isn't funny. And I'm going, oh my God, what am I going to do? Well, God resolved that problem for me. Horse ducked his head down and threw me right into the barbed wire fence. Ouch. I mean to tell you that hurts. I don't know if any of you people have ever fallen into a barbed wire fence before, but I assure you, it is not something you're going to want to do. It is no fun at all. I did not like it. So I decided then and there that I was going to sell my horse. So that's why I put the ad in the newspaper. And I said, well, how much money do you want for him? You know, if he doesn't know much, and even I knew that, even as green as I was, I knew a horse that green couldn't bring top dollar. So he says, well, I'll tell you what. I've got a lot of supplies with him. I've got a saddle that's virtually brand new and a pad and a blanket. And I've got curry combs and brushes. And I've got bridles. And I've got lead ropes. And I've got feed buckets. And you can have everything that comes with that horse and the horse, for $250, if you promise me, I never have to see him again. Well, I'm sitting here looking at the version of Roy Rogers' trigger, only not as well trained. But I wasn't letting that bother me. You know, I was young and athletic. Uh, I thought, gee, I could do anything, right? We all think that when we're young. So I'm I'm like all excited about it. So I said, yeah, you bet. I'll take him. So I, I, I take King James and I get him and we get him loaded up and he loaded really easy. And we drive out to the place and I am sky high. I am my first horse. Yeah, I've ridden a lot, quite a bit as a kid. I, I, you know, 
I laugh and tell, joke with people. That, and it's, you know, basically I started riding. the. First, I got on a horse first time when I was four, four and a half years old. And I just forgot to get off. But I never had my own. So, you know, my father would have never considered buying a horse. So, what to do now? I get the horse home. I get him into the barn easy enough. I'm going, well, this is pretty good. I can't wait till tomorrow. So then the next day, I go out there and I put a saddle on him. I put a bridle on him. And I, uh, I, I, I get on him. Well, he really wasn't the worst horse I've ever climbed on before. He wasn't the best. But he was mostly just stubborn and spoiled and wouldn't do what I wanted to do, demanded that we do what he wanted to do. Imagine that. So I knew that wasn't going to work. But I didn't know enough about how do I get him out of that. So I thought, well, you know what? My next door neighbor has some horses over there. and He's got a bunch of land and some hay. I bet he'll have an idea. So I go over there and say, George, I got this new horse and I was hoping maybe you can come over someday look at him and see if you can ride him easier he's got a lot of faults that i'm not liking and i don't really know where to begin he says well you know what i'd be glad to do that so he comes right on over next day we put saddle and bridle and blanket on the horse and uh he says, now let me show you something. He says, I'm going to get on his back. And, and when I get in the saddle, if he doesn't want to do what I want him to do, then I'm going to uh, reach forward and I'm going to take his ear and I'm going to pinch his ear. And I'm like, you're going to do what? Yeah, I'm going to pinch his ear because that way he's going to spend his time worrying about his ear being pinched and not worry about me being on his back. Now, I got to tell you, folks, I was green as a gourd. I, you could have talked me into a lot of different things. I wouldn't have tried that for all the money in the world. That just didn't seem like a good idea. But, you know, this guy's 10 years older than I am. He has horses. He's had them for years and years. I haven't. This is my first one. I've ridden some. I thought I knew better than to pinch his ear. But he said, it really, really works. So I said, okay, let's see. I got to watch this. I'm going to learn something. So he gets, we get, we, we get uh, King James all, all tacked out. Got his bridle on. Got his, got his pad and his blanket. Got his saddle cinched well. And George, he climbs right on top of him. Well, um, uh, you know, it's another new person He's not happy about this. He's not in a bucking bronc routine yet or roll. But you can tell he's very unhappy. He's not He's not liking this. So George uh, touches him with both of his boots, kick him, sl uh, sl tap him to see if he can get going a little bit. Well, he didn't, he didn't really respond very well. So, and he was kind of really antsy. And you could tell he looked like he was about to explode. If I saw anyone on a horse like that today, I would know that horse is getting ready to take off. Going to be a big time bronking going on. But, like I said, I was green. Really green. 
I just didn't know any better. So I'm sitting there and he's going, well, okay, I guess I'm going to, now you watch how I do this. And he takes his left hand and he reaches over the top of that horse's head and he grabs that horse with his left hand, grabs the horse's left ear and he squeezes on it. Now, I got to tell you, I'm watching this wondering what in the world's going to happen. And guess what? What do you think happened? We had a horse dip down to the ground and leap up to throw him, send him sky high. And I've always said, you know, it was like, look, there's a, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a flying cowboy. And then, uh-oh, that means he has to come back down. Splat, he lands on the ground. Quite a lesson. And I'm like, okay, I don't think that's the way I'm going to try that. Are you all right? Well, I'm okay. You want to try it, get back on him again? No, I don't think so. And he limped on home. He really wasn't hurt too bad, but his pride was hurt a lot. And fortunately, even then, I knew enough not to laugh. It was superbly funny. I can't tell you how much I wanted to laugh. But I also knew that he's my neighbor and a really nice guy. And I didn't really want to lose a friendship that I'd just started. So I didn't laugh, but it was hard. I had I don't know. I, I, I used to tell people, and maybe there's some truth to it, that I bit my tongue until it was bleeding to keep from laughing. So anyhow, uh, the next day, I figured we'd done enough horse riding for the day. So the next day, I decided to go out there. I'm by myself, and I get him all ready to ride, and I hop on his back, and we commenced to riding. Now, it was a different kind of riding. To say that we went out riding would probably be a little uh, stretching, the imagination there a little, but he would kind of go where I wanted him to most of the time, not all the time, and we went his speed instead of my speed most of the time, but he wasn't trying to throw me, and I was feeling pretty good about it, and I was going, well, maybe I just need to put some miles in him. If I ride him a lot, uh, maybe this will all work out just fine. Well, then I noticed that he had a habit, a really bad habit, that he liked to take his neck and flip his bit, put his head down and give a big yank his head up and try to flip his bit upside down so that his so that his uh, bit was in his mouth but the sides to it were upside down and then he would hold his neck up as high as he could and it was more difficult for you to control him you had to he would take off running then and you had to be willing to lean forward and flip that bit back down, which isn't a big deal once you're an experienced rider. But remember, we've already eliminated that. I'm not an experienced rider. I am a greenhorn, and with him running, I'm just hoping to hang on. So I'm trying to hang on. He's got that bit flipped up, and he's got that neck arched up like something like a giraffe or something, I guess. I don't know what to compare it to. And you got to remember now, back then, a lot of people didn't have dryers because they hung their clothes up to dry outside on clotheslines. 
Yeah, I bet many, most of you listening to this have probably never done that before. Well, that's what we had done. And Linda had strung up these clothes out there on the, on the clothesline. And we're headed dead run toward that clothesline. And I can't figure out what in the heck he was thinking. I still to this day don't understand what he was thinking doing that. But I'm just hanging on. I don't want to fall off. We're going way too fast to fall. Well, he's got that head sticking out. He gets up there and he had, I mean, right dead straight for that clothesline. And I'm wondering, what in the world's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you what happened. He went and that clothesline hit him right in the mouth and went back to the back of his mouth. And it dropped him like he'd been shot. He was on his knees instantly. And of course, I'm I'm on top of him. So I'm down on the ground too. And I'm scared to death. Oh my God, what have I done? I have killed my horse. I hope my horse doesn't have a broken leg. I was just, just panic stricken. Well, turns out there really wasn't anything wrong with him. He did have a, a permanent scar because it burned, it burned into his flesh, uh, that clothesline where it touched him. And it, Stayed with him forever. I guess that was a good reminder. Anyhow, I'm going, well, that was tough. Wonder what I can do. Well, I spent some time just talking to him slowly, petting him, and I crawl up on his back, back into the saddle. You know, he's calm. He's collected. He has blamed me for causing that accident. Couldn't figure out how I did it, and he wasn't sure how I managed to do it, but he was pretty sure I did it. And from that day forward, he was a much, much easier horse for me to ride. We still had a few thises and thats once in a while, but for the most part, if I asked him to do it, he'd do it. And to this day, if somebody would have told me that that would work, I would have laughed. And you say, how do I know that was it? Well, I had people come over all the time. We had a young gal come over. She was, well, I've been in Texas all my life. I've had horses since I was a little, little young girl. Well, I'm not, I wasn't from Texas. So I didn't have that same Texas loyalty. There's a joke in there, you know, a guy told us at a rodeo. One time, not me personally, but just to the crowd, he's going, there's one thing about a Texan. You can tell a Texan, but you can't tell them much. Well, that's kind of where she was at. You know, you might want to think about this. This is a pretty uh, green horse. He gets pretty spooked pretty easy. She says, yeah, but you say you can ride him, right? Yeah, well, I've been riding horses long, a lot longer than you. I can guarantee you I won't have any problems. So she got on him, and guess what? She got to find out how far he could throw her up in the air before she hit the ground. It was an experience. For a while there, I had an odd thing. I was young, I didn't, and back then people didn't sue you all the time, and I didn't know any better. I was like, well, I haven't seen anybody break anything from this. So, you know, word got out. Other people would come around, and they'd say, hey, we hear you've got a horse here that people have trouble riding. Can we try it? Can I try? I'd like to show you. I'm what what a good horse person I am. I bet you I can ride that horse. So I was like, okie doke. 
But after about four or five people like that, I decided, you know, somebody's going to get hurt, and then I'm there are going to be all kinds of problems. So after that, I didn't let him do that anymore, and it was a good thing. He and I, we had we had lots of disagreements. He frequently didn't want to do what I wanted him to do. But way before natural horsemanship was a thing, I just believed you needed to treat a horse gently and be nice to him. So I would take him out. My favorite thing to do with a horse that was giving me trouble back then would be take him out on uh, this big pasture, 20-acre pasture, and make him run. And, I mean, we'd run. We'd run from the length to the width. We'd run in giant circles. We'd run diagonally. We'd lope. We'd canter. We'd stop. And then we'd have to, he'd have to stand still. And I did all these things. And you know what? That horse got better and better. And he was a great horse for a really long time. And it was an amazing thing. I tell you, that was a, that place down there in Red Oak, that was an amazing place. You know, when I got him, first thing, one of the first things I had to be concerned with was, hey, how was I going to feed him? So I got some hay. Then I'm looking out, out there at all this pasture, and I, I didn't know how you do this. I went back to my neighbor again, and surprisingly enough, he was still speaking to me. He, and I asked him, I said, now, how do I get this hay baled? And he said, well, I'll bale it for you. I've got a baler. I bale most of the hay around here. I said, well, that'll be great. So I said, okay, how much is it going to cost me? He said, well, I'm going to charge you 50 cents. And hay sells for normally for about a dollar and a half to $2 here. But you've got coastal Bermuda and people around here like that a lot. So I bet you can get 225 for it. So I'm saying, I said, well, how many do you think I'll get? He said, oh, you're going to get about 1,000 bales out of what you have there. And I'm like, wow. So he goes and he bales it. I think, wow, I'll never, that's the most hay anybody would ever need. So I take, and when he's done, I take and put 100 bales in the barn. And I'm, how am I going to sell this? Well, remember, no Craigslist. Not. That's not how you're going to do it. No social media to help you. You had to run an ad in the newspaper. So I ran an ad in the newspaper thinking it'd take forever. Well, before the ad came in the paper, people drove by. They saw it had been just recently hayed. And it was a coastal Bermuda, and that was their boss's favorite type of hay. So they come up to me, and they said, Hey, how about... If I take a bale back to my boss, and if he likes it, we'll buy some. So I said, go right ahead. So he takes off, and I don't see him again for a while. And another truck pulls in, and the guy says, man, this looks like good. Hey, can I buy 100 bales? I said, well, yeah, I'd be glad to sell you 100 bales. So he loads it up by himself and pays me, and he leaves, and He's not out of the driveway all the way before the other guy's coming back with a great big flatbed truck and a trailer. And I'm like, oh, looks like he wants some hay. So he pulls in. I said, well, hey, how you doing? He said, well, my, my boss loved that hay. And he told me to come back and buy the rest all you have. Well, you got to understand. That meant 800 bales. 
I didn't think anyone on earth used 800 bales of hay. Like I said, I was green. I didn't know what I was doing. So I said, are you kidding? He said, no. He said, here's the boss's checkbook. What you got to do is write out the amount that it's worth. It's already signed. And then give me the check. Give me the checkbook back and you keep the check. I couldn't believe it. Now, can you imagine today somebody saying, here, just fill out the check and don't worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm sure you won't cheat me. You've not, People don't do that anymore. So <laughs> I did that and they loaded it all up. I watched them load it all. And it was a remarkable experience. Turns out that I had hay there that all the people in the neighborhood kept their eye on because it was considered one of the best hay crops around there. It wasn't that large a one, but it was really good hay. So that was a that was a well a welcome to the horse world treat that I sure hadn't expected at all. But I got to tell you, to this day, I've never had anything work like that before or since. And as far as how how many bales was is a thousand bales? That sounds like a lot, but I use that daily, uh, not daily, each year now practically. It's amazing how things are. Well, that's the end of this one of this show. I'm going to come back again shortly. You guys watch me. We've got a lot more tales. I've done this a long, long time. A lot of funny stories. They're all hopefully just humorous uh, stories. Nothing terribly serious. And anybody that wants to learn more about me, you go up and you look on the uh, internet. We do have that new thing these days, you know, called Heartline Ranch at gmail.com. And you are uh, for the e- for our for our email or just Heartline Ranch, heartlineranch.com, and you'll find out more about us. And next week I'll be telling you even more. Hope everybody happy trails. I hope everybody has a wonderful day and look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.